Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, World Headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this week of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. We're going to get started with an interview of a brand ambassador, a friend, someone that we met just a handful of years ago. Not been cooking a lot, but has come a super long ways. Everybody, I'd like to introduce you to Kurt Wallace. Kurt, say hello to everybody. Hello. Glad wow. to be here. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you here. Tell everybody your team name. Smoked and Furious. For those of you that haven't heard of Smoked and Furious, let me explain a little bit why. Kurt is located here in Oklahoma. And I would say just in the last year, maybe year and a half, you've stepped outside of a 300-mile radius. Would you say that? Uh, this this year, uh, it's been been the first time I've ventured out to say other than the Royal. All right. Before we get into cop cooking real quick, Kurt, tell everybody who Kurt Wallace is. I'm, I'm just a guy in Oklahoma, uh, grew up in Louisiana, um, loved cooking at home, just, just had a desire to try to find something competitive. And, uh, the wife, wife said, maybe I need to be more active in something other than bugging her. Um, <laughs> and you know, I have a business here in Oklahoma that, that, that runs and, and I have a great team that, that helps me do what I do and, and have the hobby of barbecue. Um, I got two small ones still at home and, and a good, good group of kids that are out and living their dreams. So, uh, I get the, the, the ability to be able to compete and it, it keeps me, keeps me, uh, energized. All right. Now tell everyone presently what you're cooking on. I am currently cooking on drums, um, gateway drums. All right. What was your very first cooker you ever cooked on? I cooked on a jambo, a borrowed jambo um, that somebody so graciously let me uh, borrow and learn on. Um, I don't have a problem with you mentioning them. If you don't want to, I understand. So, But if you want to throw it out there, let's name drop. Uh, um, Melissa Cookston from Memphis Barbecue Company. Uh, Melissa and Pete, great, great people, great mentors, um, and... I didn't have anything to cook on and was waiting my turn in line for something to cook on. Um, the people are probably, uh, that know me know that that became an addiction to try to find something to cook on. Um, and she loaned me a hearse, uh, to get my barbecue time started. Now, everybody, we're not trying to say, pick up the phone, call Melissa and she's got a cooker for you. <laughs> the, her and Pete might get on to Kurt and I both if, if you did that but but they had a friendship that sp did it spur from cooking or did you know them prior to cooking I went to it was the very first class I went to um, uh, Melissa and Tuffy Stone put on a class and it was the very first class I attended to try to learn about barbecue and uh, just kind of struck up a, a friendship um, I call her kind of a you know, she's, she's been, a, like I said, a great mentor, and Pete and I have, have remained really good, you know, kind of friends and text back and forth here and theirs. And, um, they've always been good cheerleaders. Well, I wouldn't expect anything less from her, but please, folks, don't call her and say, 
David and Kurt said we could borrow your cooker for the weekend. That's that's not what we're trying to do here. Um, just wanted to let everyone know that he's went from one to another, and there's been other things in the middle, but he has settled on cans. Now let's take a half a step back. Um, you told us about your family, told us about your work. Let's, okay, I'll address the... People don't see it, but I know there's an elephant in the room when it comes to Kurt's family. Um, tell everyone the first time I I met your wife. Oh, uh, it was a it was a glorious lunch. Um, went to uh, introduce my wife to you. It's a great, great, great lunch. Enjoyed it. Um, just the three of us there to put your barbecue stand. It was a, it was a great time. Yeah, I. I, I had lunch with you and your wife, and now let's take a step forward, and it wasn't three weeks later, maybe, maybe four weeks, I don't know. We met your wife again. Tell them, tell them that story. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was just, you know, roaming through a, a place, that, Sam's Club, for, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, and this nice gentleman come along and says, hey, Kurt, how you doing? I don't believe I've met your wife. And I had to explain to him that he had met her three weeks before. And so um, I believe that was you, David. Uh, yeah. To, for, for memories and purposes. Egg on the face, um, embarrassed. Um, we can go on and on about that. But there's been a running joke ever since that. I'll need to meet Kurt's family someday. Um, but yeah, you talk about total, total screw up. And that's what I did. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. But yeah, dude, I, I stepped right in the middle of that one. And Kurt just followed through. And it was, it's been fun ever since. But I just wanted to, let's throw that out there on public view. And everyone knows that, yeah, it happened. All right. Back to the podcast. <laughs> um, we're cooking on drums. Uh, how many contests have you done? Let's say the first year you went out and cooked. What? Okay, let me let me take a step back. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit. This podcast, I want everyone to listen. I want them to understand that this could be me and you talking. This could be me and Kurt talking. This could be anybody having this conversation. Because what Kurt has successfully done is not short of amazing, but it is because of hard work and dedication to the his love of competition and barbecue competition. So when was your first contest? Uh, near, nearly two years ago in Derby, Kansas. Um, I was parked two trailers from you um, and had no clue what in the world I was doing. Um, and so, yeah, so almost two years to the date we've been cooking. Almost two years. That's been it. Now, how many yeah. contests did you do that first year? Oh, I think I only did, um, for like, I think it was five or six, maybe that first year. I'm at a total of 27 now. Uh, I, I don't want to get in the mud there. Uh, I did, five or so that first year and then I've, I've kind of picked up the pace between the second part of last year and this year okay out of the five six seven you did that first year 
what was, and I don't want to embarrass you or, or throw you under the bus or anything like that. Just what was your average placing and, and you were just like everyone else. You, you'd have a good call and a bad call, a bad call and a good call. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I could put together two really good calls. Um, and then I would put together two really bad calls and meaning no call. Um, I couldn't put a whole contest together and seemed to kind of finish middle of the pack for the most part. I had a few, few decent, uh, opportunities and then I forgive me, it was seven contests that first year, seven, uh, okay, double day. But, but, uh, yeah, I couldn't put together a, a good four meets to save my life. Um, I could just get one or two. And would you contribute that to, to what? I mean, I know you and I, we studied your score sheet. You, you and I, we, we would work on the process. You would take a class, you would implement flavors into it. What would you say was some of the things that you started seeing that helped you get more consistent and getting from one, two calls to two, three calls? Uh, just that, just that word consistency. Um, not trying to learning how to cook, um, and cook it right. Um, and worry, you know, of course, rubs and seasonings is, is you well know, um, and all of us know very, very instrumental. Um, but learning to cook and learning to be consistent, um, trying to find that, uh, I mean, granted much further down the road, finding the cookers that, that, that helped me be successful. And then just working a plan instead of changing a plan every week. Um, I think I changed um, ideas and, and, and rubs and, and recipes or, you know, techniques, um, week over week, over week, over week. And, um, I think as soon as I decided to become a consistent, um, cook, I started to see more consistent results. And that's, that's what I was really hoping that you'd say is yes. And we all do it. And we probably also will still do it. We would tweak or change sauce, tweak or change rub, tweak or change, um, cooking process and even cook and tweak our cookers. All of that, we could never find a consistency, and you started doing one thing at a time over a time frame, um, cook to cook. And did you do much cooking at home, Teston? Uh, I will say that um, I heard I heard somebody say it, and I don't know if I'd say his name, but there's a gentleman from Kansas City that said something a year or so ago on a the podcast or video or something that said perfect practice makes perfect. And when I heard it, I thought it was kind of like, what the heck does he mean? Um, I'm not good at doing perfect practice, uh, meaning doing everything to the T time frame, timeline, wrap, trim, cook at home in a practice setting. Um, so, so unfortunately I'm not, a practice guy. I, I feel like I leave too much on the, I'm going to waste my good cooks on practice. Um, I don't know if that's any true, but any truth to that, but no, I don't practice a whole lot at home. I'll do a little bit of testing, but not a whole lot. Unfortunately. 
Well, and that's, I, there again, I think is a lot of us that do that same thing. We, when we're cooking at home, it's, we just don't have the time set aside to trim, to, to do the full competition style. You still have to plan it as if you're going to a competition that whole week just to get to that weekend to, to do a cook. Um, so, so I get it. All right. You, you realized real quick that you needed some kind of consistency. You're finding that you're taking notes, you're keeping notes, you're referring back to them. You're calling multiple friends, um, hoping that they're not leading you down the wrong path and going, I think that was honest. I'm not sure, but here it is. I'm going to listen to what he says or she says. Um, and at what point would you say you felt like you were just really close to, 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 to getting four good meats? What, give me an idea of the number of contests. I would say I felt like I was getting there at about 15 and, and keyword in that I'd say was felt like uh, two words. Um, towards the end of the season last year, I felt like I had made some headway, um, and getting four meets in, getting multiple calls, I'd still, still having the hurdle of one meet or whatever here and there. Um, but it, towards the end of the year last year, but I still, uh, was, uh, miles away from where I needed to be. Would you say that was the end of your, right at the midway point of your second year of cooking or, or what? Uh, yeah, the second season, um, midway towards the end of the second season, I, I started to see, uh, those improvements that I needed to see that, that gave me a little bit of the confidence you need. Yep. And let's tell everybody what happened at the end of last year at a contest up in Kansas that you broke your cherry, you bursted it. Um, you won your first grand champion, right? Yes. Um, it, it came from a phone call to a dear friend um, after the contest prior to that, in Oklahoma City of all places. I, I think I had gotten to that point where I think everybody gets this at some point where they just feel like they, they're broken and they can't figure out how to fix it. Um, dear friend said, you know, don't give up. Keep going. I'll say it, Nick Davis. Everybody that knows him knows him. He's yep. a great guy. A very good friend. Another ambassador, I believe, too, David. Yes, sir. Um, Nick kind of g- gave me that mental support. Said, "Here, let me help you, and I'll, you know, give you some some uh, some help." Um, he did. I uh, went there, and he he gave me the 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 written help and, and, and the knowledge and the, the other end of a phone call that I could call and ask all these questions. And I revamped my program entirely. Um, and with it, I, I had everything very detail oriented, written down timeline, very strict, would not vary a minute from it. Um, I cooked the first day and got my first RGC and I got a phone call from Nick saying, you still need me. Um, and of course, Yes, um, and got my my first GC the next day in Harper, Kansas last year, and that was, I guess, the beginning of what I consider the dream. I, I think that's what everyone wants to hear. It you put time in you 
you were dedicated to it. And sometimes it just takes that one thing that, that, and that one thing was a friend reaching out and going, I know you're close. I've tasted your food. It's, it's not any one thing that's wrong. It's, it's maybe just the finish. Maybe it's the beginning, but this is what I'm doing. And you, you, you implemented that into your cook and let's just jump right out there to 2023. You won your first grand, the end of 2022. How many grand champions have you won this year? I am at four this year. Four GCs. Five. Five, I thought. I've got, I've got two, uh, two in Texas. Um, and I am at, uh, catching me and I'm fumbling here not on purpose (laughs) (laughs) I've got four uh, uh, this year before this year five total and folks he's new 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 in comparison to what a lot of cooks are that are that are out there and his method works in multiple channels he's cooked in is that the outlaw barbecue yeah, and and to correct my number, it's five this year. I can't count. Obviously, okay. I did yeah. go to school as a Louisiana boy, so I was thinking it was five. So it's worked you, you in KC- <laughs> It worked in KCBS. It's worked in I not IBCA. I apologize. Outlaw Barbecue, and I'm sure it will work in any other system or or judging process out there. So. Did you do anything different? I mean, other than you do have to cook a different type of meat in the outlaw, but your process, was there, was there any major changes? Uh, between the two sanctioning bodies, no. Um, other, other than the chicken, you know, the difference in chicken, but um, I didn't do anything different. Um, the timeline's just a little different. Everything else is exactly the same. Um, I, I am so programmed that I have... <laughs> Uh, without going crazy here, I, I've got a timeline that I am so particular about that I do it every week from Sunday until I'm turning in at one thirty on Saturday or Friday, uh, Sunday, whatever day the cook is. Um, it, it's I, I there's nothing different between those two sanctioning bodies. I I, I think that's what you were asking there, David. Yes, um, it's it's one hundred percent the same. I it, I think it travels well. I think everything does like that. And you're you're talking what I've always called Groundhog Day. Monday I do this, Tuesday I do this, that type of thing. And, and for you, why is it you feel like you got to do that? Why? Um, I'm a I'm I'm very, uh, for like a better way of saying, kind of ADD. And I get, I think the more unstructured or the 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 less structure I had, the more I wanted to change this or change that or change this. And, um, I think in my mind, um, that program worked and I feel like if I change anything, then it doesn't work just in my mind. And I think that consistency is what gave me the confidence, um, this year that I needed, um, to be able to cook. I I just, and some of it, I'll just be honest with you, superstition. I'm afraid if I put my right shoe on before my left shoe, maybe I won't get to walk. Um, and that's exaggerating <laughs> a little bit, but, but there has been, 
there's been a lot of, you know, I could tell you a funny superstitious story uh, from this year, as a matter of fact, in Missouri, but um, a, a funeral had taken place and I was walking boxes with another competitor's uh, uh, in there and a funeral procession went by and, and we happened to win that category that day. And I said, there's the limit. That's, there's no, uh, we can't have a superstition involved with this one. Um, it's just, we're not going to offer a funeral procession every time because that's terrible. Uh, but no, a lot of it is, uh, just it, the consistency gives me comfort. Um, and, and it, it helps me with my confidence. If, if, if I am disorganized and I'm doing something a different day every week and I'm buying something from a different store every week and I'm using a different ingredient or a different timeline every week, um, it's so easy to miss one thing. And I think that's where my struggles were, was missing one thing here and one thing there and just going, well, it'll be okay. Um, and well, it'll be okay. Get you two or three walks, but sometimes it doesn't get you four, get you, get you, you know, four higher, higher, uh, uh, placements to be able to get to the, to the GC or RGC level that is, is, is difficult. And, um, I believe you told me, David, and I said, everything happens the last 15 minutes. That's where you can make or break everything. But um, I think it takes from Sunday to, you know, 15 minutes before turn in on every protein to be successful. And, and that's just my mindset this year. Um, I don't think it was last year. I think exactly what you're doing is I think a lot of us cooks are that way, but not over one of them. We control what we can control, and that is the prep process, the, the, the trimming, the buying, the purchasing. We can purchase from the same place, and we just have to trust that they're doing their job also. Um, but you're controlling 100% of everything controllable. Is that a great way to say it? Correct. I mean, if I control it. I'm a, I, I, I like to have control over my cook. Like you said, if I can control all the controllables, um, the confidence then comes into place to know that if you control the controllables, everything will come in where it belongs. Um, and, and, and that's where I'm at. And in that little instance, during that last 15, 20 minutes of a cook and something isn't 100% correct, um, that you're used to, that you know what it takes... Let's say ribs are a touch overdone. Um, um, pork didn't, or brisket didn't have the, the exact moisture content. Um, there's just tons of things. But you understand that 99% of that cook is following the process. And that 1%, that, sorry, that 1% isn't going to kick you out of the top 15, but it might not give you that first place but the rest of it is so consistent that you understand that it's still going to put you where you need to be for the total contest absolutely i mean um last week was a a good example of two proteins ribs and pork um ribs i i missed the mark uh learning a little bit about where i was cooking i was cooking at a higher elevation i don't know if that really had to do with it but in my mind it did um, I didn't get them done as much as I could. Now, the last 15 minutes, I couldn't get that finished, but I could put in the, the you know, I still come out with a, with a, a not bottom of the, came in middle of the pack um, because the, process, the rest of the process was good. So I had good flavors and whatnot. 
um, can't fix tenderness on a, on a rib in 10, 15 minutes. And maybe, maybe there's a way out there, but I'm not quite there. Uh, and then the opposite was, you know, pork, it just didn't look right when I started the box and I do it standard. I do the standard way every week and I did it that way and I had to adapt and overcome and put some things into a box last week that wasn't normal for me, but it come down to that last 15 minutes and being confident to make that decision. Cause I think it, the last 15 minutes, you have to have some confidence um, in, in your process and everything you're doing in order to have faith that what you're doing in that box is going to get where it need, needs to get. I don't know if uh, saying that correctly, but it's, it's, I think a lot, I think about, there's a lot to do with confidence in this game, um, not just skill. I'm having some confidence, not overconfidence, because we've, we've all seen that out in the, in the, in the, world in the wild we'll call it uh, yeah I, I like exactly what you're saying and and i agree that just because it doesn't look right you know that the flavor is still going to be there because it's the same flavor what we've done the whole time the quality of the pork is the same because i've done everything the same i've trimmed the same just because it doesn't have that eye appeal that you're used to or you're striving for the rest of your steps were correct and you can say, I will let that half a percent go because I have confidence in everything else that I've done to that pork or that rib. Correct. That's, I mean, as a hundred percent where, where I'm at now, where I feel like I can, that, that once again, that last 15 minutes make a difference. You can throw your hands up in the air and say, well, this just isn't good. Or you can put everything in the box that you have and spend that last 15 minutes, um, working. And um, I think I looked at buddy that cooks with me last weekend. He looked at me like I was crazy because I put everything in the box and I took everything back out and tried again. Um, I think you panicked him a little bit because it wasn't normal. <laughs> well, let's step just a little bit sideways. We're going to talk about competition cooking, competition barbecue, obviously. But let's go with now that you've got to this step, this level, this you know what the judges around the country, you've cooked in lots of states now, what the quality needs to be to reign supreme at that local contest. So how easy, no, well, no, let's not, not, not I want to say easy. Um, now that you're there and you see that the flavor, the tenderness, the look, the dedication it can get, go really deep into that looking back when you thought you were halfway through between first contest and where you at now looking back at that food where do you think that that was on a scale if today you're at a 10 or let's say a hundred where was that food at well, I spent I think I spent a, a good time in the, the about the threes or the 30%. Um, I think it was more about what I thought was good at that point. Well, that looks good. That flavor is good. Or I heard that from somebody else. that was good. And I think, um, that was a long ways there, uh, for, for, for quite a bit of time. Um, just because I worried about the things that maybe didn't matter. Uh, about the best way to put that. I, I it wasn't, um, it wasn't good. I've seen a few people uh, taste it and go, yeah, and shake their head and say, yeah, that's really good. And you know it wasn't. 
Um, and you could tell by the look on their face that that was really horrible. Um, but they smiled and told you it was great. Um, yeah. but it was, it was about 30, you know, it, it was horrible. That's the best way I put it. And, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Cause we, Martin and I, we were the exact same way. I remember the very first American world. I remember the second American world we went to, we turned in our food and we was like, wow, that was good. And then I did this same thing that I just asked you. After we had won a few grands, went to the Jack, been to the Royal, I looked back at what I was cooking, and I'm like, my gosh, that stuff was only a step, maybe a half a step ahead of restaurant food. I don't want to call restaurant food bad, but it wasn't competition food. And we don't realize it. And I think what it all boils down to is it's not being honest with yourself. It's just that you don't know what's not known. Right. I think one of the things I heard, and, and you know, I'll, I'll reference back to my friend Nick here. Um, you know, everybody out there for the most part, and, and we've all seen those ones and twos, and, and, and they're just they're, have, they're on the struggle bus. Um, but for the most part, most of the barbecue that is cooked at a competition at the master series i won't even even probably the backyard level um it's good barbecue uh there's some good cooks out there and i think they're putting out a good product but putting out a good product with a unique flavor that maybe offends a judge here or offends a judge there may taste good like it tasted great to me tasted good to the guys i had that were cooking with me or friends my family they always told me it was the best and then they turn their head um but the people out there competing are good cooks and so it's very it's it's tough to see um especially in kind of recent times as people getting discouraged because they're at that 30 percent where their food is 30 percent maybe not where it needs to be but it's still darn good food and it has potential and instead of growing that flavor profile and growing that ability they kind of just go well i'm cooking food that i think tastes amazing and the judges don't like it, so I guess I'm just going to quit. And I think it, it's hurt the sport of barbecue uh, uh, a lot. Um, I call it a sport. I think it is. Uh, but I think that 30 percentile is still better than, like you said, restaurant food. And I think people fail to understand that. Uh, a guy that gets 15th or 20th at a barbecue competition out of 30 people is still a good cook. And I think if people understood that and listened and maybe said that to themselves every once in a while after a bad cook, um, they'd have a little bit, they'd help them with their confidence. I know it helped me. Very well said, Kurt. Thank you. That's, that was great. And I think everyone out there can, can put themselves in that very position. And I think it comes with, you got to be honest with yourself. Um, and let's be real. We're cooking competition for the judges, not for us, not for our buddy that said it was good. It's it's for a score. We're cooking for a score. I can't say for a judge, for a score. That's what we're cooking for. Um, and, and your scores, you're, you're only as good as your last score. Um, I've heard that before. But yeah. watching, you know, for me, I watch my scores more than I watch anything. Where did I? Where did I end up? What did I? What did I do with my average? What is my average score? You're going to go to a city that just doesn't like, I mean, I was in a, in a, in a place a few weeks ago and 
my brisket wasn't what they wanted. Um, you know, was it just a bad day? Maybe. I don't know. I thought it was good, but it wasn't what they wanted. And I think that people get discouraged from that one judge or those one table or, or maybe they hit a bad table or a good table and, and tables are tables. Um, I think that's one of the big things now uh, is everybody kind of looks at what table I ended up on. Well, you probably ended up on a good one this week and a bad one last week, and who knows where you're going to end up the week after. Um, but we're all ending up on the tables that you see yourself. Uh, but I, I just, I really, it's it's tough to see people worrying so much, and, and I don't. I don't look at my score sheet too well. Sometimes I get people call me about my score sheet before I even know what's on it. Um, I won't name any names, um, but uh, it, it's worry about your cook, look at your scores, wait till the next day and be honest with yourself how you did or what you could have done different. Don't don't worry about it at that moment when you do see your scores, because I think people make rash decisions at that point. I think you need to look at it, be honest. I was honest with that particular day in brisket. I started to look back and go, well, I could have cut it a little bit thinner. Maybe I cut it too thick. Um, so I started to look at those things. I, I hope that that's kind of where I feel about it. You're dissecting your own own self on the drive home, weren't you? I do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's take a half a step back. Um, you're a veteran GCer, veteran RGCer, veteran cook two years, probably close to three. Getting started on the third year, if nothing, or third season. Third season. Third season. Bar- competition barbecue's been around for decades. I'm going to ask you some generalization questions, and I, I don't know if there's going to be a right or wrong answer. I'm just curious, from a perspective of someone new coming into our sport, um, when you first came into competition barbecue and let's just limit it to the say the first 10 contests okay what was your your viewpoint of competition barbecue what what well let's let's go back up how'd you find out about it how'd you find out about competition barbecue i think like a lot of people i watched it on tv and i'm like i can do that um, okay i've done it i've bo- I've, I've never boiled ribs you know, those guys that, that probably stand in the kitchen. I pulled ribs once and I can do it. Um, no, it was from watching, uh, uh, you know, competitions on TV and something that I love. Okay. So that's how you found it. So you attended a class or two, you went to a judging class, or you attended your first couple contests. Going home, visiting with the wife about it, chatting with friends at work about it. What was your perspective? What 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 did you originally think of competition barbecue? Um, I guess when when I when I got into it, um, I expected it to be very very you know uh, cutthroat, um, which I think there's always that side of anything. I always expected it to be this this you know don't look at my trailer. And I think maybe back in, in earlier days, it was that way. Don't look at this. I won't tell you this. Um, and, um, I think early on, I learned that maybe it wasn't that way. And there was a, you know, there is a great group of folks out there. Um, and that's the discussion I have my wife's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a competition 
Um, but there are great people out there. And just like anything, we've got, we've got our, our people that, you know, get a little bit too serious. Um, but that would be what I brought from my initial days of barbecue is the people the it was, it was an amazing place, but it's definitely a competitive area and very secretive to an extent. Um, but I think that's part of the fun. Okay. Fast forward to right now. Do you still have the paint same perspective? And I'm sure just due to time, it's warped, it's changed. Um, but do you still feel the same way? I do, um, t- to an extent. I feel like, um, feel like we we've forgotten as a group of folks and even me at two years and and i'll judge myself um in this is we're only as good as the people that are following behind and and, and following us down this path that we go on um and i think it's that way with you know business it's that way with work you know you're only as good as the guy that you're training to replace you because you can't move up if you don't replace him um I think, you know, the backyard barbecue circuit is, is, is a great thing, but I also think some of the younger cooks and, and of course, you know, <clears throat> I, I tell you what, it's almost like going to a barbershop, sometimes going to a contest cause you never know what you hear and whether it be true or not. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, uh, we, we, we have to remember as, as professionals and, 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 and I mean, let's face it, we're, we're cooking professional series and master series barbecue we have to to keep that professionalism all the way through not just when we're turning our box and we're standing at a pedestal or or we're we're winning or we're doing but we have to remember um that all the time i think and i think we have to help build the sport and 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 you know a bunch of angry folks uh doesn't build the sport i mean it, it can be very um can be very testing at times uh, uh, in this in the in this sport of, of barbecue or in this series um, because people are sometimes maybe very serious. <laughs> I'm trying to ugly. Would that be a nice uh, word? Coast that a little bit. They can. Yeah, you you get the, there's an ugly side to everything. I think, and there's an ugly side to business. There's an ugly side to everything. I think. But we need to temper that, and I think that we're only as good as the people that are coming up through the backyard division. Um, they're coming into the sport uh, early, um, helping them. And that doesn't mean going over and giving them your recipe and saying, here's how to cook it. Because, I mean, that's, they're, they're going to take their own um, adventure, I think, in their own path. I can, I can say this. Um, early on, there was a gentleman named David that would come sit at my trailer and you, you'd come over, David, and you, and you were you were great. One of the first first people I met. Um, and you'd sit there and you'd start talking about meat science, and I would just sit there dumbfounded. And and I'd be honest with you, at first I'm like, "There's no way that's true. He's got to be messing with me." <laughs> um, and it took me a while to understand that no, he was serious. Um, that's really true. That's that's how it works. And it was from learning. Um, but I think that that you do. And and I'm, I'm just a huge pat on the back to you. You're very um, open and honest with uh, with the knowledge that you're able to give, and and that doesn't mean you you walk out of your trailer and give somebody every darn thing you do inside when you're competing. It is a competition, 
Um, but I think being supportive of the other group, um, saying a good job here and there, I think it goes a long ways. And I think that's helped me is having the supporting uh, people that, that cheer you on. Um, and sometimes the, the haters make you, make you go faster, but, uh, make you work harder. Um, but I, I think for the, for the, for the sport of barbecue, I think being supportive of the groups coming in and helping them, um, it is a big deal right now. And I think that's, that's the way we grow it. And that's the way you get people to, to show up to competitions and make the number meet the numbers, make them qualifiers. And that's how we grow that sport back in Oklahoma again. Kurt, I just think you, I think you just laid down a great, um, campaign for Kurt for Prez, um, for the barbecue world. Uh, I, I commend you. I, think that was from the heart it sounded like it was from the heart and i think it was very truthful and you truly believe that right there what you just said folks go back and listen to it three more times after your last disqualification um or your next disqualification i think kurt hit it right on the head um i i'm a true believer in passing down what you know um and I've said it a jillion times. If someone beats me with my own stuff, I just got to be a better cook. Um, and and Kurt, Kurt isn't saying that he's going to give you what he's doing. And we're not asking what he's doing. But his philosophy is coddle those that are new and at least teach them the ropes on, man, that's really not the the, the best way or the most common way, but... It can be done, but I think I'd try it this way next time. Agree? Yeah, and, and I mean, David, I think, you know, everybody also gets in the heat of the moment. Um, you and I have sat awards together many a times, um, and awards can test your heart strength. Um, I learned that at Harper last year. Uh, <laughs> but they, you know, everybody needs to get out of the the – step away from it. You know, sometimes I think we as cooks, it's such a, it's such a uh, demanding, you know, um, process that we take part in, um, that sometimes maybe we should step away. Maybe the next day, pick up that phone and say, Hey man, how, how did your day go yesterday? What could you have done? But, and I think you have a better perspective of it. Um, I think you called me last year after I got my GC, you said, you know what? first thing you need to do when you get home is write everything you did down. But great advice. I think I told you I already did, David. Um, yep, you did. Because I, cause I, I, I've now got a system in place where every single comp, every single thing that changes, different temperature changes, everything is written down. I think that's key. Um, but I think, you know, give people space maybe when they're having a bad day because um, we've all had them. Lord knows I had one last year and yeah, I, you know, I think I spent six months going, man, I was really a jerk there um, because I just was having a bad day. And I think everybody needs to allow people to have a bad day because there's some great people in this sport. And I think um, right there at awards or right there around that time, sometimes our worst comes out and we need to reevaluate and have a conversation the next day and find out how somebody really feels about uh, about what happened at a competition or what may happen the next week. And I've had some of those great conversations and, and I love them. I mean, 
it's good to come full circle and be in that competitive zone where you're, you know, you're in, in, in you know, like these NASCAR drivers, they're fist fighting in pit road, but you know, they talk on Monday and laugh about it. Um, I'm not saying that's what we do on barbecue, but I think sometimes some reflection on the actual process that day would be good for some and yeah, myself included. I know sometimes I get a little wound up. Um, it, those who know me know that. And I, and I think we all do that because of the ownership that we've put into this, we, we do put a lot of sweat, sweat equity into our competitions and our ownership of it. And I think that just is human nature. I think that is just, just the way it's going to be. But I like, I like your process and your thought process of, you know, take 24 hours, think about it. Oh, I did make a butt of myself there right beside the award stage. Um, but yeah. And if you know it and you recognize it, chances are you're not going to do it again, but first you got to recognize it. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned a thing in the, in the business I'm in, uh, you know, about owning, own the problem. That's, that's the thing. So if you've been part of that problem, you have to own that and you've got to work on it. And if you haven't, you, you know, help others, um, you know, if you can. And, and I, <clears throat> I think we've all had those moments. And I think that's, uh, that, that, that's a, we don't, that's, that's a view that, that sometimes isn't appealing to, uh, newcomers. Um, and I think even newcomers or one, two, three year cooks, even like myself, you know, every once in a while we all see things. We're like, man, that's, that's just, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Well, keep things in your back pocket like that because you're going to need to refer back to them. Um, and the sincerity of the way you feel about that, you'll need to reflect back on that in the future too, because we all know there's roller coasters, scores go up and down. You're going to hit a, a, a great high, um, higher than you're at right now because you're consistent and sincere at it. So I think this high that you're riding right now is just the first step. I think there's many more to come and then it'll dive off and it'll come back. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I can foresee this right now. So, well, Kurt, yep. that's all the time I want to take. I, I don't, I didn't plan on, and folks, I'm, I just want everyone to know we did. We don't bring guests on here to to get their chicken recipe and their rib recipe. We want to get let you get to know them and the processes of what they've taken, so we can not make the same mistakes, or we can maybe go down a road the same they did to, to help our process. But, Kurt. Tell everyone, do you have a Facebook page or a way people can follow your team? We do. Smoked and Furious on Facebook. Smoked and Furious Barbecue. Competition Barbecue Team, I think the way it's listed. But it's at Smoked and Furious. Um, and we, we cross over to, to uh, Instagram, too. Most everything we do is barbecue-related. It's on Facebook. Okay, um, that's, a, that's a great name. Before we go away, how did Smoked and Furious team name come around i have a uh, a son um who is in japan he's in, in the navy in japan um and he was a huge um movie fan of a movie of the same style name and it, it was kind of an homage to him um he loves he loved fast and furious and uh 
I, I can't say that I've seen all of them, shamefully, uh, but he loved them all. And it, there was a line in there that said it's all about family in that movie. And I think it's come up hundreds of times in that, in that, uh, that, that movie, uh, then all the sequels after. And if you go on KCBS, uh, and look at our team page, it, it says it's all about family. That's really what it's about. Cool. I often wondered what it was. And I, you would think it had to do something with that and the saga that it has. And that's kind of what you're doing here. You're starting the saga with your family. Maybe, he gets back stateside. Maybe you can bring him out. And I can I can meet you and your your wife and your and your son. <clears throat> yeah, you meet my wife again. She, <laughs> she might. She'd be she'd be anxious to see you at some point <laughs> for the fifth or sixth or seventh time. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, this all I got. I appreciate you, Kurt. Thanks for taking um, ten minutes out of your long life to to help educate and, and preach the, the gospel of barbecue. Um, we appreciate everything you've done. Appreciate what you're bringing to the, to barbecue because I've got a feeling you got a long, long road ahead and I think you're going to make a lot of friends. Um, yep. And I appreciate you having me for sure. Absolutely. And, Everybody uh, friendship as well. It's, it's been a, been a great couple of years. Um, and, uh, can't do it when, when it's hard to go to a competition on the weekend and, and do the push I'm doing right now every week to try to try to get to a magic number when there's not somebody at that competition that you're just not looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing somebody this week we haven't seen this year. Yeah, I agree. Everybody, like, subscribe, listen to the guy here at the end of this podcast, and we'll get this put out, and we'll give someone else a call for the next one. We appreciate everybody. Thanks a lot. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.